Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. So I'm currently recording this from Dubai and I know I've not done a podcast in a while. I needed, to be honest, I needed a little bit of a break from it. I had a lot of things go on and obviously I'm out here right now um, and I wanted to get back into it, especially considering the lockdown in the UK. I know some of you have a little bit more time and do you know what? I really enjoy recording the podcast and I know that a lot of people enjoy listening to it. So thank you for all of you for tuning in and listening to this as I'm getting back into the swing of things. If you do have any requests for future content, to be covered on the podcast or future guests that you'd like to hear from, please get in touch with me. I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I really appreciate it whenever you sort of upload screenshots on your stories saying that you're listening to the Female Fitness Podcast. It means the world. I appreciate your support more than you could know. So please continue to do that and let me know what you want to hear and who you want to hear from as well. So this podcast, what I've decided to do is summarize my 2020 competitive season which safe to say has been a bit of a whirlwind and then in the next podcast the second podcast back I am going to talk about post-show how I'm handling that and the the similarities and differences between previous post-show phases in the the transition from prep into the improvement season so this one is all going to be about my 2020 prep which was certainly eventful so obviously prep started mid-february and i was actually prepping and coaching myself as i did all the way through my improvement season phase when i'm coaching myself just so you guys know i have my own spreadsheet i do my own check-ins i don't just sort of like go off how i feel i fill in all of my data on my tracking document just like my clients do so i'll track my macros my steps my cardio i'll set my own nutritional protocols i'll track my own scale data uh, track my training performance and everything like that just like my clients do on a very similar document to what my clients use so when you're coaching yourself it's really important that you are still quite meticulous with the process and you still collect the data that you need and you still check in with yourself you don't just sort of like wing it and um, that's obviously what i was doing i was coaching myself properly it was going really well, started mid-February, really enjoying the process. And then obviously Corona happened and um, things were a little bit more unpredictable. I did continue to coach myself through that whole situation, but obviously my initial plan was to compete in July when I started prep in February. My intention was definitely not to prep all the way from February to October like I did because in reality that is quite suboptimal it's going to increase your chances of losing muscle tissue throughout the process it's going to increase your chances of seeing more negative effects from a health perspective um, and obviously mentally it's quite difficult to prep for that period of time and it's probably not going to result in the best end product from a physique perspective because stress takes its toll on your body stress builds up during prep along with life events and um you're not going to look your best when you're in a stress state and obviously at a contest prep 
presents its own stresses. So prepping for that long is not optimal. It's not something that I would recommend to anybody. It's not something that I would do with any of my clients uh, unless for unpredictable circumstances such as the coronavirus. Um, and obviously when I decided to continue my prep, I had no idea when the shows were going to sort of um, get going again. I just... I was quite relentless with it because I'd taken such a long improvement season phase. I had my heart and my mind set on 2020 to get back on stage. And I was so determined to make that happen. I was like, I'm not gonna let anything get in my way. And I'm I'm really glad that I continued with it. Um, but like I said, when I initially continued prep, I didn't actually know when shows were going to happen again. I was hoping it was going to be earlier than when it actually was. Um, but I just continued and I I was like relentless. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. And that's exactly what I did. So originally aiming for July shows, Corona happened, but prep continued. Um, I did continue to sustain a calorie deficit and I stayed meticulous the entire way through. So I didn't have like a break from prep. I didn't sort of stop tracking for a few weeks when Corona happened. I didn't have anything quote unquote what people would call off plan. Um, I didn't have any off plan meals. I didn't have any snacks in between what I had planned to eat. I literally stayed 100% on it the entire time. Like I did not take one step out of line. Um, so yeah, I was very meticulous with the entire thing. I didn't stop prep. Um, but what I did do was I ran a three week diet break up until the 6th of June. And during this three week diet break, my carbohydrate intake was increased by 100 grams per day. So that equates to 400 calories. So this diet break brought me up to maintenance and there are huge benefits to that, obviously psychologically, because it's nice to have a little bit more food, therefore a little bit more flexibility with food sources. Um, it gives you a break from really keeping your foot on the gas and also in combination with that, by the way, as well as increase my carbs by 100 grams per day, both on a rest day and a training day. Um, cardio was pulled back as well so I think for the first week of the diet break I was still doing one cardio session and then I removed it completely from there and like I said I was at maintenance and as well as there being huge psychological benefits to having to including diet breaks throughout an extended uh, diet dieting phase whether that be a contest prep or whether that be for um, general life there are also physiological benefits to doing that so when you diet what will happen is your uh, hunger hormones will change and when you run a diet break so an extended period of time at maintenance it can sort of reverse some of these physiological changes that go on inside of your body. Another benefit to running a diet break is that when you are dieting to an extreme level of lean, such as to stage, you will often spend periods of time in a state of low energy availability. And that is basically when the energy for physiological functions, such as your menstrual cycle is limited, so your body then sacrifices 
your physiological functions such as your menstrual cycle and that is why we lose our cycles during prep so having these diet breaks in place at points throughout a contest prep or throughout another extended period of dieting to an extreme can be beneficial because it takes us out of that state of low energy availability and um therefore can sort of like decrease your chances of actually losing your menstrual cycle some people find that they actually regain their cycle after a, a period of time at maintenance so there are benefits in that respect as well and it can also be beneficial from a training performance perspective because when you've had that period of time at maintenance and during that period of time at maintenance you have a little bit more fuel in the tank so you can really push training and obviously our resistance training is our tool for retaining muscle tissue alongside our nutritional intake. So there's that benefits, benefit to running refeeds and diet breaks as well. Um, to see, to really see the physiological benefits of a refeed or a diet break, it is generally recommended that, that the duration of that refeed or diet break is at least 48 hours. So if you have got the opportunity to do that, then it's fantastic. And it's something that I think more people should try and implement throughout their, their, their preps. I know a lot of people do like, I don't know what people would call cheat meals. I don't use that word. Or they would do like an off plan meal or one high day. But if you have got the opportunity to, it can be really beneficial to do at least 48 hours. So try and take that advantage if you can. Um, and I really feel like that diet break did me the world of good. And I'm really glad that I ran it, especially considering I didn't step on stage until October, September, first show, then October. Um, so yeah you know like my approach to nutrition as always was to track my macros when i say i track my macros i'm not like iifym trying to fit as much shit into my 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 days as possible um i track very meticulously i get the majority of my calories from whole foods i weigh everything out to the gram i hit my macros to the gram um and it's just as optimal as if not more than someone who would be following a meal plan because it allows you that variety whilst you are still being meticulous and you are still doing what you need to do to get all the way down to stage lean there can be huge huge benefits to having variation in your diet from a health perspective because obviously if you're consuming a wider range of food sources you are going to be consuming a wider range of vitamins and minerals as a result of that which is good for your health. So there are benefits to tracking. I also completely understand that some people like to follow a meal plan and that is absolutely fine. Um, what I do with some of my clients is I give them like an example meal plan alongside their macros so that if they are stuck, they can revert to that. Um, but where possible, there, there is benefit to having variety in your diet. And I don't just mean having like a rest day and training day, but I mean being able to vary your food sources um, throughout the week. So cardio varied due to the equipment that I had access to. But when I had access to the gym, I was using the stairs because I like the stairs. Um, and during lockdown, when we didn't have access to the gym, I had a bike at home, which I wanted to literally throw out the window. So, um, yes, I had a bike. I hated it. It killed my quads. 
for any of you that haven't used a bike for your cardio drone prep, it burns and I find it so boring. I would so much rather be on the stairs. So yeah, the bike was not my friend. And the minute I could get back on that Stairmaster, I was straight on it. So that was my form of cardio drone prep. What I did is I had a polar chest strap and I tracked my heart rate during those cardio sessions um, to make sure that it was in a certain range. And what I actually did when I started to feel extremely fatigued towards the end of prep, I reduced my, my heart rate target during those cardio sessions. Well, Cal reduced my uh, heart rate target during those cardio sessions um, just to take some stress off of my body and to reduce some inflammation. So track my heart rate using the polar chest strap and monitor that during my cardio to make sure that the, the intensity is consistent every time I went in and did those cardio sessions. And that is something that I would recommend for a lot of people using a chest strap where possible. Obviously the watches are great, but the, the chest strap is much more accurate and alongside doing formal cardio, I also track my steps. Um, I personally don't include the steps done during the cardio session in the step total, because what that means is then whenever my cardio goes up, it's not, my steps aren't increasing as a result of that. The two are sort of separate forms of increasing energy expenditure. And that is something that I would recommend most people do through a contest prep. Um, so obviously through lockdown, I was still training at home. I initially started off literally training with like a kettlebell and bands. Um, and then we got hold of a lot of kit. So my training was still very productive during that period of time. And actually all the way through prep, I managed to progress with my training performance. I didn't regress one bit. And that's something that I'm super proud of because there was a lot of challenges thrown my way during prep this year. So I'm very proud of myself for still managing to, you know, I didn't take one foot wrong. Like I didn't, my adherence did not waver one single little bit, despite the challenges that were thrown my way in my personal life alongside coronavirus. Um, so I am very proud of myself for going through this prep and bringing the best version of myself yet to the stage in my opinion um, and alongside that like I said I still progressed with my training performance all the way through um, I was the leanest I have ever been and yeah it was probably the most difficult prep I've ever been through due to what was thrown my way throughout but I always say to my clients, like, you've just got to make the most of what you have available. You've got to try and see the positives of every situation. And um, when these hurdles and when these challenges are thrown your way, you can't let those affect your goals when those goals really matter to you. And um, it's not going to make you feel any better to let those goals slip and it's not going to make you feel any better to sit and like wallow in self-pity when these things happen um, and it's not going to make you feel better to focus on the negative things that are going on what will help you feel better 
is to continue to pursue the goals that really matter to you if they are aligned with your values and those goals are yours and they're for you it will help you feel better to continue to pursue those goals and continue to look after yourself from a health perspective continue to reap the mental and physical health benefits of training um, of eating nutrient-dense foods so whenever you have challenges thrown your way in your life you have to you have to pick yourself up and say to yourself, what's going to help me in this situation? What's going to help me feel better in myself long term? Yes, it might feel difficult to continue training at the time. It might feel difficult to continue dieting at the time. However, long term, you're probably going to feel more shit for letting those goals slip and for not looking after yourself from a nutrition and training perspective even if you know for some people when they have big life challenges it might be more appropriate to potentially stop a contest prep um and that's absolutely okay but you still don't let everything slip and just wallow in self-pity it's okay to feel your emotions like that's absolutely okay your emotions are valid you should feel them 100 percent but once you felt those emotions, try and let them pass. Your emotions are transient, they will pass, but let them pass. Don't just linger in them and um, let them become overwhelming and dra don't drag your emotions out longer than they need to be there, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so my attitude towards that when those life challenges were thrown my way was I recognised that actually you know do you know what like it's going to help me to continue to pursue my goals it's going to help me to continue to train and reap the mental and physical health benefits of that and it's going to make me feel good to keep looking after myself so that's exactly what I did and I am really proud of myself for doing so so after all these life challenges I decided to start working with Callum obviously I was prepping myself right up until this point so i started to work with callum at 10 weeks out from my first show of the season and i continued to work with callum all the way through the rest of the season and i'm still working with him now he was fantastic if anyone has any questions about any of that please let me know um and yeah he was great so he took the reins of my prep and that was exactly what i needed at the time i just needed to be able to enjoy my prep as an athlete i needed to be able to just sort of execute and have somebody else do the thinking so that i could focus on my clients and my business and being the best coach i could be to them as opposed to trying to coach myself when i had all of this going on in my life so um that was the decision i made and i'm very happy with that decision and um it just allowed me to focus on my clients from a coaching perspective and just enjoy my prep as an athlete so that was the right decision for me and something i did want to mention as well is this prep i did actually manage to maintain a regular menstrual cycle for longer than i ever have before I usually, I've always lost my menstrual cycle throughout prep, just so that you guys know, I always regain it in my, in my uh, off season, but I always lose it during prep. And this is different for everybody. Like it doesn't make you any better of an athlete if you manage to sustain your menstrual cycle all the way through a prep. Like I mentioned previously, that time spent in a state of low energy availability 
can mean that in order to get stage lean, many people have to lose their menstrual cycle. And that is the nature of the sport. It's an extreme sport. Our priority is not our health when we're dieting stage lean. And that's just how it is. So I do lose my menstrual cycle through every prep that I go through, but I always regain it in my off season. And that becomes a priority as soon as I step off stage. And my health is my goal, ultimately. Um, so yeah, this prep, I actually managed to sustain my stat cycle for longer than I ever have done before. Um, and I think that a large part of this was down to me spending a longer period of time in an improvement season before I prepped, which meant I had a longer period of time with a regular cycle before I actually went into prep. Um, so my body was a bit more resistant to those negative adaptations. I did still lose my cycle, but I, I went longer with it, which is obviously beneficial. It's a really good thing. And I think it just goes to show one of the benefits of spending a long period of time in an improvement season phase before you actually enter a contest prep, especially if you've competed before. So like between seasons, it's really good to spend a long period of time out of the deficit. One, if you want to fully regain health and see the, the least negative effects to your health during prep. But two, if you wish to really progress from a muscularity perspective as well, if you have room to grow into your class to be more competitive, then you need to make sure that you are willing to invest time into an improvement season phase before you enter your next prep. Um, so yeah, I ended up at the end of the season actually stepping on stage on the 5th of September for the Two Bros British Finals where I competed in both junior and my height class. In junior, I placed third and in my height class, my open height class, I placed fourth. My feedback here was that I was too muscular. So my feedback from the judges was that... Um, I was a little bit too muscular. I was a bit more suited to the figure category, um, which I don't personally necessarily agree with. I don't have the shape for figure, in my opinion. Um, so I said to the judge, what do you think if I came in a bit leaner and less full? And he said, you know, try it. Sometimes it's hard to give accurate feedback from pictures and things like that. So that's what I did going into the Ben Weeder. So after the British finals and my feedback at the British finals, being that I was too muscular, they suggested that I go up the category. So I got leaner for the Ben Weeder, which was my next show, and I didn't come in as full. Now my placing here did improve. I then placed second at the Ben Weeder, and the girl who won my class also went on to win her pro card. So I'm actually very happy with that placing. Unfortunately, on the day, I um, so what happened, we all went on for our comparisons. I got first call out. I was put center stage with the girl who won. We then went back off stage and came back on for the awards, the presentation. And I didn't get awarded a top five placing. So I was gutted and I was also very confused because I was center stage at the first call outs. A lot of people gave me feedback and said, you know, you've come top two, you've done really well. Um, so I was a bit confused by that. And then a week later, whilst I was in Alicante, the official scorecards were released and I actually placed second 
So two bros rang me up and formally apologised because they called out the wrong name and number on the day for second place and it should have been me. So I did actually place second at the Ben Weeder to the girl who won her pro card, which I am happy with and just good it didn't happen on the day. So um, yeah, really happy with that second placing. I improved from the British finals and in my opinion, I brought, I brought a, my, my best look so far that season. So I was a little bit leaner than for the British and I was a little bit less full and suited to the class. But one thing to bear in mind, and this will become apparent when I talk about Alicante, is that judges' feedback is very subjective and what they go for, especially in the bikini class, can differ from show to show. And also a different look suits each different physique. So you have to bring a look which is appropriate for your physique and your shape and where you carry your muscle tissue. And like I said, it's also worth bearing in mind that the criteria can differ slightly from one show to another. Um, this can be based on the judging panel. It can be based on who turns up and what the lineup looks like. Um, and many other things. So there's a lot to bear in mind and I would always take judges' feedback with a bit of a pinch of salt. Um, and sometimes it's a case of sort of finding where you fit best and what sort of shows are going to favour your type of physique a little bit better. Yes, there is a look for bikini 100%, like there is a, quite a clear cut criteria but when it gets down to the finer details, um, like the amount of muscularity and fullness that, that they go for, it can differ a little bit between shows. So it helps to sort of experiment with your look, see what looks best on you and fine tune that as your season goes on and take judges' feedback with a pinch of salt. So after I placed second at the Ben Lida, I then went to Alicante the week after at this point, I was a bit disheartened because I thought I didn't place top five. They hadn't told me that I'd placed second yet. Um, but I went to compete at Alicante. I got second call-outs and was centre stage of the second call-outs. So I probably placed around sixth at this show. Um, in Alicante, the standard was absolutely incredible. Obviously, there was international athletes there and um, it was a jam-packed show. There was a lot more competitors at that show, so the standard was incredibly high. Um, I think it was actually one of the first shows internationally post-corona outside of America. Um, so it was a huge show, absolutely everyone was there, and because the standard was so much higher, obviously that was reflected in my placing because I placed around six. Um, and the girls were much more muscular over there as well. I didn't ask for feedback, but even just looking at the lineup and looking at the placings, I can see that I wasn't muscular enough to be in that first call out. And that was sort of my downfall in Alicante. Um, probably could also improve my posing a little bit, but like I said, I didn't ask for official feedback because I knew that I just wasn't muscular enough out in Alicante. The girls were incredible out there. The girl who won my class was called Alison. For those of you who don't know, she is a compact athlete now and she's absolutely incredible. Like her physique is on another level. So she won my class. So if you go and have a look at Alison on Instagram, you'll know what I mean by the standard being incredible out there. Um, 
And this is what I was saying about judges' feedback sometimes being a little bit subjective because at that first show, the British finals, they told me that I was too muscular. And then when I went Alicante, given I was leaner and it did look smaller because I wasn't as full. Um, but they like it was very clear from the lineup in Alicante that I wasn't muscular enough. So it can depend on the lineup and it can depend on where you're competing, who the judging panel is, and things like that. So always take your feedback with a bit of a pinch of salt um, and experiment with your look and find what what sort of peak works best for you, what brings out the best in your physique as an individual. Um, and also remember that bikini is about more than just the amount of muscle tissue you're carrying and how lean you are. Your posing, your stage presence, your makeup, your hair, everything has such a huge, even your bikini color, how your bikini fits, all of that is so important. I can't stress it enough. So bikini is not just about muscularity and how lean you are. There's so much more to it. So if you compete in the bikini class, you need to make sure that you are looking at the entire package and not just how much muscle you're carrying. Like you can't in bikini, you can't go to a show and say, oh, I should have placed higher because I was more muscular. That's not the case. It's about the entire package, your symmetry, your balance, your condition, and how that complements how much muscle tissue you're carrying. There's so much to it. So yeah you, you need to consider a lot of different factors when you are analyzing your performance at any given show um what i always do is i have a look at myself in comparison to the girls who placed above me and i say to myself what do they have that i didn't have i always think that's a really good way to look at um how you can improve moving forwards look at the girls who placed above you, watch the live streams, watch the videos and have a look at what they have that you don't have. Is it posing? Is it that your, your makeup could have been done better? Is it that you could have been a bit more muscular through your doubts? Is it that you could have been a bit more conditioned? Have a look at the girls who placed above you, compare yourself to them and have a look at where you could improve off the back of that. That is always how I think it's really good to in, interpret feedback. So that is a summary of my 2020 competitive season. If anybody has any questions, please reach out to me. Um, if you did enjoy this podcast, please do like and subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the absolute world. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Please reach out if you need anything, if you have any questions, if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, and I will see you in the next one.